It is summertime, and uh, I just wanted to thank you all for being here this morning. Um, and I know it's, and I do know that it's tough getting here with the kids, and uh, some of you wind up parking far away, but still you, uh, you, know, you want to be here, and I believe that's very important. Um, you know, by your presence, God is blessed and honored, and uh, God returns that to, uh, to those who worship him. So my thanks to all of you for being present here this morning. Um, I would like to ask, this is a little commercial moment before we get into the meat of the homily, but in the bulletin today, please take it home. Uh, there are a number of things, as there always are, but this uh, Catholic update on Eucharistic adoration, um, I think you'll find very informative and uh, very wonderful, and perhaps it will help to uh, have you understand that and, and, and maybe do it uh, from time to time. We're, this past school year, we uh, had all of our school children uh, doing Eucharistic adoration on a monthly basis, and I think it's something that's very good for our uh, soul, our spirit, our heart, our, you know, everything about us. So take that home, um, take a read of it, and hopefully it'll encourage you to participate in that very special um, way of adoring the Lord. Everyone here, well, at least the adults, um, you know, remembers experiencing going away from home, whether it was for college or perhaps you stayed in residence with your parents during that time, but eventually, you know, we all have to move on into uh, the work world. And, um, you know, I, I really looked forward to getting out of the house. I was the oldest of 10, as you know, and, uh, you know, I was the first to learn how to drive, so then I wound up having to drive everybody all over the place, and uh, you know, and on and on it goes. Uh, so it was, um, you know, something that I was striving for. Uh, going out, making my own choices, uh, you know, taking those important steps necessary to grow into a responsible adult. And, you know, when we go away from home, we uh, find ourselves missing things, um, missing many things. I missed my parents, uh, first and foremost, my friends, uh, you know, certainly the comforts of home, the, the town I grew up in, all, all kinds of things. But after a few months away, I realized that uh, I was missing something else as well. And something that, that I hadn't even thought about when I left home. It, and it turns out that, that what I started to miss were the family meals. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the, the time together in those meals. And it's you know, not, I'm not talking here about the holiday meals. I, I could get home for those. That wasn't a problem. But just sitting around on an ordinary day-to-day -day, uh, schedule around the table with the family. You know, for me, in growing up, our family meals were, they were not optional. And each of us, again, the family was large in number, was expected to be there on time, unless he or she had a really important something else to do, a good excuse. And the meals that my mom prepared for us were real meals, not just something thrown in the microwave oven. Some of you know my age, and you know there wasn't a microwave oven at that time. And for much of my growing up, um, you know, like I said, there was no such thing. And uh, eventually, even when there was, I... You know, continue to go visit my folks, uh, the microwave doesn't play into the meal preparation. 
My mother knew what she was doing in the kitchen, and she, you know, she just liked everything about cooking. And I liked everything she cooked except for sweet potatoes, Ugh. yams. You know, if you're going to have me over to the house, don't think along those lines. You know, and, and on top of that, the meals she prepared were good for me. You know, we always had all the food groups, the, the salad and the vegetables and the meat, uh, every single night. No junk food on the menu. My mother was sure of that. And I missed that. And I still do. However, I didn't just miss the meals themselves. I also missed the camaraderie, the laughing, the joking, the teasing, the storytelling that took place. It was at that table on a, a night-in and night-out basis that the bonds between us were strengthened. And somehow sharing in that meal every night brought all of us closer together. You know, helped us to, uh, to feel that, that our family was one, that we were all connected in a meaningful way. That family life in general was important. And that we, as imperfect as we were, could always count on one another. But that, of course, is not to say that all of our meals together were like scenes from a, a 50 sitcom. Sometimes uh, the opposite was true and very present. Often there were disagreements or arguments. I remember one time my brother got so mad at me, he kicked me in the stomach, and I passed out, and when I woke up, my face was in the soup. You know, it, it, things like that happen. And sometimes more than one of us had to be corrected or disciplined in some way. And once in a while, there was a family matter that needed to be discussed. And on other nights, my parents might have to give some very hard advice to someone at the table. And of course, during our high school years, that was never easily accepted. And sometimes it seemed as if the dinner table was the place where the bonds between us were tested a little and where we were challenged to, to be better, both as individuals and as a family. And in a very strange way, I kind of missed that part of the family meal as well. My friends, today we celebrate the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ or what we used to call and seems to be coming back Corpus Christi. You know, in, in the place where my family comes from in Germany, Corpus Christi is a day, it's a three-day weekend for most of southern Germany. And after Mass or at the end of Mass, there are Corpus Christi processions through the streets of the city. Everybody stops. Everybody knows what and who that is in the monstrance. Now, the other side of that is, as soon as Mass is over in the afternoon, the party starts and the beer flows. And that's why they need a three-day weekend, because Monday would be pretty ugly at work. But it's about celebrating. It's about realizing who we are in light of the belief that we have in this Jesus. And because of the profound nature of what we believe happens at this sacred table, sometimes this sacrament can can seem a little complicated. You know, it's a little too otherworldly, a bit too confusing, a bit inexplicable. 
Perhaps that's the reason why some people walk away from it. In some level, it is all of that. And if you want to delve into the sophisticated theology that surrounds and supports this precious gift of God's very self to us, you know, there are thousands of books written on that, articles to choose from. And I encourage you to take those, to take time to read about what it is that we do here and to to better understand it. You know, you see, in in a certain way, this most holy sacrament is not actually complicated at all. It actually may be grounded in much of what happens around our family table. And I know for me that it does. You know, those memories are very profound. I, but standing here at this table and gathered here with you each week and, and on a daily basis, you know, this is the most wonderful, profound, extraordinary, moving thing that I am privileged to do in my life. And I love and want you to be here with me when we do it. This is special and important, just like being with one another at the table over dinner. You know, for, for me, for much of what I experienced in my home growing up as we gathered together each and every night, you know, it's similar to what I experienced, as I said, each time we gather here to receive this body, this blood of the Lord Jesus. And just as my mom knew how to prepare a meal, Jesus has prepared for us this very best of meals, a meal beyond all others, one in which we receive his very self. And this meal satisfies a hunger that each of us has, a hunger for God, a hunger to be united with him, a hunger to have the divine become part of us. And just as nothing could take the place of a home-cooked meal, no one and nothing can fill us up in the way that we long to be filled. Only our God can do that. Both as the one who prepares this meal and as the food itself. There are simply no substitutes. However, The what, or more correctly, the who that we receive is more than just what we want or desire. More importantly, it is precisely what we need. The only thing we need, really, the only thing that will sustain us and nourish us in our journey of faith, the only thing that will ultimately last beyond the short time that we find ourselves on this earth, You know, my mom's meals weren't simply delicious. They were good for us, too. And the same is true at this table. Each time that we come forward to share in this holy banquet, we receive nourishment beyond any other, a strengthening in our spirit that that can be found nowhere else. You know, not out there in the forest, not in any other church but this Catholic one of ours. However, this meal that we partake of is not just for us as individuals. It's also for us as a spiritual family, as a community of faith 
on a common journey and mission through life. And so just as our family meals can bring mom and, and dads and brothers and sisters closer together, so can this meal do the same for us. And it's not only about communion with our Lord and God. It's also about communion with one another, the strengthening of the bonds between us. If receiving the body and blood of the Lord is only about my relation with my God, then I'm missing out on a great deal. But if I can, in faith, see it as a oneness and a unity that is both a reality and something to work toward, then remarkable things are bound to happen. Real healing will begin. Walls will come down, grudges will be let go of, bridges between people will be built. And these are also an integral part of what this meal is all about. And lastly, lastly, this sacred meal should challenge us in if our experience each week is always a, a warm and fuzzy moment, then we may not be fully understanding the commitment that we are implicitly renewing each time we come forward to receive the body and blood of Jesus. And just as our family meals could be difficult at times, you know, shaking things up a bit, and thereby helping us children stay on the right path. So, too, does this Holy Eucharist invite us to be more, you know, to love a little more deeply, to forgive a little more often, to be generous in more situations, and, and to be committed to the mission to which we have been entrusted. Participating in this meal should help us reflect on the changes we need God to bring among and within us. Eucharist is not just about affirming what is. It's more about realizing what can be as individuals, as a community of faith. And so, you know, on this holy day, let's approach this table with grateful hearts, truly thankful for this precious gift that we are given. And let's pray that we may be nourished in whatever way we need to be fed. Only God knows what each of us needs to walk this journey of life. But let's also be willing to let God transform us and bring us more closely together in love, united in faith, as we strive to live as his body in this world. Dinner is about to be served, and there is plenty of room at the table. And may God, may God feed us in every way imaginable, as only he 